together.
just ask the brothers if they would come and prepare for the morning offering this morning. Amen. I just want to read a prayer request and a testimony for you this morning as we prepare to go to prayer. Our brother Neil and sister Sue just wanted to express their appreciation. They say, Susan and I wish to extend our love and appreciation to the believers for the kind thoughts, prayers, words of encouragement, and calls we received during her recent cancer surgery and recovery. She experienced no pain during the process, which the doctor said was amazing. We now look forward to returning to service on a regular basis. What a marvelous Lord and Savior we serve. God bless you all. Amen. God bless you, Sister Sue. Brother Neil. Amen. He deserves all the glory this morning. Amen. And there's a request from our brother Richard that we would please pray for Sister Eleanor. She's at home with a serious respiratory illness. Just desiring the Lord will touch her this morning. And we know there's many many needs in the body but as we come to the end of the year what a way to ring in the year just worshiping the lord declaring that he deserves all the glory for he has been good amen has he done miracles in your life he's seen miracles this year in our congregation amen we serve an amazing god so let's just worship him once again as we go to prayer I'm going to ask our brother Murphy if he would just come and open the service for us as we sing, You Deserve the Glory. You deserve the glory, oh, and all the honor. Oh, Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we praise your holy Father, out of a heart filled with rejoice, filled with a thanksgiving, what a mighty God that we served. Lord, we come to worship you for the great things that you have done. From the beginning of the year to the end of this year, you have protected us, Lord. Your love has followed us. Your grace has been with us, Lord. And then you've done such miracles in so many people's lives. Signs and wonders that have followed us. Lord, we know that we're not believing a God that is just in history. But we believe in a God that is still alive and is still living in their children 
Jesus' heart and still manifest yourself in this elastic age. We give you all the thanks and glory. We're so thankful, Lord, that you're still the healer, Lord. You heal all our diseases. We're not merely just saying this, Lord, we have a witness of this. We thank you for healing our sister Sue, Lord. We thank you for healing our sister Ramona and different ones and one after another, Lord, how the testimony can fly high to know that, that our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not just a right, right to the wrote the Bible for us, but Lord, you jump it out from the Word and make yourself become real to us and make your Word become a reality to us. Let your Word be manifest and speak to our heart. How our heart filled with love and thanks, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And Lord, we remembered our dear sister Eleanor asking you to be with her, Lord. Strengthen her, Lord. And Lord, we know there is nothing impossible for you. If we believe, lo, we have a Lord of that invisible hands out of a face to lay it on our dear sister so that she can be recovered. Even that is a moment that a supernatural strength that go into her, raise her up, and completely restored her. We know by your stripe that she is healed. Lord, there's many needs that are still that in this congregation. But by faith, Lord, we believe that you have a great thing have done in them, Lord. No matter what disease that they are, no matter what need that they are, Lord, we can all at the end of this year that lay before your feet and say it is finished. And we believe it is already done, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And as the brother Tom has come to minister this uh, the word to us, Lord, I pray that you use your servant. Break your bread at it again. How we hunger and thirsty after you. We want to hear from you, Lord. He has a prepared, has a laid as a time at a side and, and uh, get ready for the service. But Lord, we want you to speak to us. So as it is standing behind the pulpit, as it is ready to minister, may God himself speak uh, lips to the ears to us and go down to the depths out of our heart. We want to hear the voice of a God. We want to hear you to speak gently. We want to hear you to speak in correction. Whatever that we need, we want to hear your voice. Lord, only your voice is it really matters. Anything else is only secondarily. Lord, but your voice we want to hear because we know one word from you, it will satisfy us. We commit ourselves to you, commit as a whole service to you. May you speak to us, Lord. We thank you. We want to give you all the glory and honor and the mighty, and the power, and everything that belongs to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats as we take up the morning offering. Maybe you just play, oh, what a friend walks beside me. I have a couple announcements and a couple greetings. The Okello family just asked that we please welcome a family friend, James Okello, who's visiting from Japan. Where are you, James? We could wave for us and we'll greet you. There you are. Welcome. God bless you this morning. Nice to have you with us. And all of those who are also visiting, we just want to extend a warm welcome to you and say God bless you and welcome to the service this morning. Amen. There's some who are not exactly visitors, but who might be visiting anyway. See the Morton family, God bless you. Brother Andrew Stabella, Brother Andrew's going to come sing for us in just a moment, so maybe you could come as we sing this, Andrew, and get ready, and then we'll turn the service to our brother Tom, but we did have a couple more announcements we wanted to make as well. 
Donations have to be in no later than tonight to be considered for 2023. There are no date adjusting after the fact. We're Christians. We don't do that. <laughs> and also remember, we are still using PushPay through the end of this year, and the new system won't start until next year. So please continue to use PushPay. There's a potluck after the service. Very few people signed up. If you're coming, bring a dish if you intend to eat. So there was not much that was signed up, and there will not be just buffets of food prepared for you if you don't bring anything. So if you plan to come, please bring something to share with the rest of the saints, and we'll have a wonderful time. Looking forward to this evening, our watch night service, 7 p.m. tonight. We've got a lot of songs prepared for you, and we just trust that it'll be a really special time as we celebrate leaving 2023 and welcoming 2024. What a year. Can you believe it? It's already at the end. Let's sing this as Brother Andrew comes and prepares to sing for us. Oh, what a friend who walks beside me. Oh, what a friend who walks beside me. you this morning. We bring you greetings from our home church, you could say, back in uh, Indiana, Brother Brad Burgess, and there's so many there that just wanted to bring their greetings and share their love with you. And uh, we're just happy to be here this morning once again and be able to worship with you. We serve such a powerful and wonderful Lord, and uh, we're just here this morning to give him praise and, and glorify his name. Amen. You know, we we tune in quite often because we're three hours difference from you guys. So between our Sunday and evening service, we usually catch the, the morning service here. And um, we saw the testimony service after the camp. And that just blessed us so much to see all that God had been doing for each one. So we trust that that fire is still alive. And we trust that everything that God did for you, you're taking into the new year and letting him just build on top of that. So this morning, amen, I'm just going to sing a song, He's Alive and Well. We know this, but I don't think the verses have been sung here maybe, maybe many years ago, but I'm just going to, by God's grace, get through these.
He's alive and well, living in me to tell the world that He is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is alive and well. The same Jesus who died on the cross crucified is alive in our hearts today. Resurrected again, oh, in his body without sin. Praise God, he's alive and well. Before he ascended, his word he commanded to us that we would have power and with that you'll be endued when the Holy Ghost comes on you Jesus is alive and well oh he's alive Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is alive and well. The promise He gives to show that He lives in those who truly shall be done by you. Oh, Jesus is alive and well. He's alive and well. He's living in me to tell the world that he is the same. He's the same.
in that new year. I'm in that new day. We pass from death unto life by the grace of Almighty God. And we're here to give thanks this morning. And we're going to have a wonderful evening. Okay. Mike's right. I'm wrong. We're going to have a wonderful evening tonight and uh, rejoicing and maybe some testimonies and, and uh, then a little bit of a, a gathering afterwards. I think, Brother Ryan, we have it after tonight service, right? All right. Hey Amen. Well, it's nice to see all your faces, all those that have joined us from the island, and Brother Kyle, Christina, Anselm. Where are you? There you are. <laughs> Family, God bless you. Lovely to see you here, all that are visiting. What a great day this is, this resurrection morning. Amen. Well, let's stand to our feet. Now, you're going to have to come out of your slumber here this morning. I can feel a little bit of... <laughs> I think we can all pick that up. Just shake yourself. We've come to church to have church. And uh, he's worthy of all our praise, honor, and glory. So, you know, I'd rather be here than any place on the planet right now. This is where I want to be. And I trust that you want to be there here this morning. Let's just sing that little chorus. Down from his glory, ever living story. Down from his glory, ever living story, my God and Savior came and Jesus. Father, as we have gathered here this morning in the august presence of Almighty God, Lord, we come to worship you in spirit and in truth. We look around the room, Lord, trophies of the King. We pray, Lord, that the blood washed this morning would worship you in spirit. And Father God, as we preach the word in truth, Pray, Lord, that you will meet every need, every burden be lifted. Any souls that need saving, Lord, you know your own. Deal with your children, Lord. Father, we rejoice because we passed through a year and we're still standing. Devil hasn't got us. We've taken the promise. 
and we have put the enemy under our feet this morning. And so, Lord, as we look to your word and we realize who we are in the word, we pray, Lord, that there will be a victory, a shout in the camp, realizing, Lord, who we are in Christ Jesus. We are not a defeated people. We are a church triumphant, victorious through the blood of the Lamb. And pray, Lord, that the revelation of your word would become a light and a strength to every one of us this morning. Take the book, Lord, and open it once again. Give us eyes of understanding, ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Lord, we ask now that you'll bless the service. We commit it to you. Pray thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With your Bibles in hand, please let's turn to a very familiar portion of Scripture, Philippians chapter 3. One that many people use for a New Year's service, but I'm just using that as a little bit of a a launch, and then we'll preach on a subject called, It's Your Choice. It's Your Choice. And um, that's the wonderful thing about our Lord Jesus. He gives us free will, and it's your choice. And I'm so happy to know that we also have chosen the harder way. So just a little bit of little tidbit here and there. We'll get into the service. So let's look at Philippians 3, verse 13. Philippians 3, verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14 says, Tom will press. I'm sorry, friends. I have to read the word and put myself in the word. And I want you to do exactly that. Because we are not a church that's lukewarm. We're a church that's on fire. All right, well, look at that. I press. Can you put your name there? Mike press. Tom press. Brother Tim Press, Brother Murphy Press, I Press, Jeff, you press. So I don't need to stress that. I've said enough. You're going to press. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Another translation says, I keep pursuing to the goal to win that heavenly prize. Another translation said, I strain to reach the end of the race and will receive the prize. It doesn't look like there's any defeat here. It doesn't look like there's any defeat in the Bible. We are the church triumphant. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. God bless you. I want to greet those that have joined with us on the internet this morning. Many times, um, uh, they're the... uh, Second assembly of the church of Claudio, by the way. Many people have have given greetings to you, and they have given much over the year. And we thank God for all those that join with us. And, And we do not take it lightly. We take it humbly that people would entrust us with their tithes, with their offerings, and that we would use it to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're just so thankful that God has put it on the hearts of people Not to be grudgingly giving, but as the scripture declares that we are to be cheerful givers. And we're thankful that God has given that to this church. 
And I thank God for your tithes, your offerings, to see the gospel go forth on a, as we go forward. So I thought I'd just take a look at what the, what, what, who we've had this year, just to help you refresh. And this is not going into the evening service, because some of you might not be here. But just so you understand that the gospel goes out here. And you have been blessed through Brother Neville Kislew, Pastor Neville. We had Brother Andrew Glover. We had Brother and Pastor Benny Perry. We had Pastor Richard Dioka. We had Brother Steve and Pastor Steve Brisson. We had Brother Pastor Vernon Manahan. Shall I stop? I cannot. We've also had the pleasure of having Brother Aaron McGarry, pastor. We had Brother David Mayer, pastor. We had Brother Stephen Ibali, pastor. We had Jim James Nuvanabande, past, is he pastor or evangelist? Pastor. Brother David McGeary, Brother Kyle Morton. Well, I had to put your name there, Kyle. <laughs> He's not, a, not a, a visitor. You're one of us. Amen. We love you. Daniel Kaingu, all these men that God has brought through our assembly this year have been men that have caused and added to our stature in Christ and have enriched all of our lives. And I want to thank God that we have men of God like that that come behind this pulpit, break the word of God, and feed our souls. Not something that's way out in left field or their pony Revelation, where they're writing their own thought. We only have one thought, and that's the thought of Christ. And I want to thank God for Brother Jean Manassi, God raising up, a wonderful son of the gospel, Brother Michael Ray, Brother Murphy Wong, Brother Tim Dodd. Amen. We thank God that God has raised that up in our church. Amen. God bless you. It is a privilege to stand with men of God such as at this caliber. We must realize we're not only blessed church, but if God would put that kind of caliber through our church, he finds out then we must be a needy church because there are churches that are screaming for pastors, screaming for ministry, and by the grace of Almighty God, we have men of God that can break the word of God and be used of God to feed the sheep. And that we are indeed thankful for. So God bless these precious and dear brothers. We've had tremendous victories over this year. And we want more. We're not satisfied to sit back on our laurels and say, well, God did this and God did that. Well, I expect more. God is a God of increase, not of decrease. God raises up and never goes back. He goes forward. Tremendous victories. It's been a glorious year. It's been a busy year for a lot of the ministry, myself indeed. Also, traveled to Europe, traveled to Boston, traveled to Dallas twice, Ohio, Philippines. It's been a busy year. But that is our calling in life to preach the gospel because we're still under the Great Commission. Go ye therefore to all the world and preach the gospel. And God has given us a man that we have entrusted and believe in, Brother Tim Dodd, to go forth in the missions. And you've done a wonderful job this year, Brother Tim. 
God bless you. When one member rejoices, we all rejoice. And I, I ne- I've never been more proud to see these young men raise up in this church, preach the gospel. I said, what did I preach when I first started? I'd hate to go back to what I was preaching, to where these brothers are preaching. And I say, well, they're preaching this way. I can just relax. Well, that's not going to happen apparently, but we will we'll hold their arms up and we'll support them with everything that's in us because we would love to see the last one come in, whether it be the brothers here or brothers around the world, the bride of Jesus Christ. We cannot forget our heritage in Christ. We had the most wonderful men of God we could ever have been given to this church as a founding pastor, man of God, Brother Ed Biscoll, who I hold in high esteem and love and will love and will be with him through now and through eternity. And Sister Ruth, God bless them. A lot of uh, some of our new uh, saints that have God has dealt with and brought into the message through this little church here. Maybe you have not seen or heard or know uh, Brother Biscoll's ministry. Just treat yourself one day. Sit down, open the internet, get into the archives, and hear a man of God minister. I remember one time sitting there, and Brother Biscoll was about seventy-six years old, and. And I sat there, and it just seemed like it just like it moved from one dimension to another dimension. And he preached like he was 40. And I thought, that's an amazing. It's like he broke into another dimension, and then he came back to this dimension. I thank God for a man of God of that caliber that has founded a church, sacrificed much, given much, so that we could be here and we could have a place of worship and not, a lot of people don't know the, the cost and the sacrifice. And we're sitting in nice little pews and everything like that, but you don't know the giving that was given. The man that labored to give us this church. And I'm thankful for the vision where we'd still be in a log church and you'd be sitting on top of one another. But indeed, it's been a grand privilege to be able to be your pastor and minister to you this past year. I can say from the depths of my heart, I'm not worthy of the position. But God puts a man in, and I know that he can take us out. But we'll do it with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all our strength. We'll give our lives to him. So without any further delay, we'll look into the Word of God. And, you know, you look around the room, you see um, your faces. I, I tried to, I, lo- I went back to a few archives and I started to realize, well, my goodness, Michael was once blonde. Joel said to me, he said, Dad, I've no- only known you as white. 
So that goes to tell you how far back I've been. So Mike just got a little bit of the gene, I guess. But we look around the room and a little bit of frosting on the brothers. I won't say the sisters. <laughs> we get older. I met Brother Amsalm's son this morning. He's twice my height, and I wonder what happened. I just remember going across the ferry one day years ago, and now he's a lovely young man. God bless you, Noah. The years and times come and the times go. And Brother Brown said it just another turn in the road. But I want to press this morning to the prize. Keep focused. Keep it before you. We can get so busy and, and Satan's society tries to gobble up, as one brother said years ago, your hard disk of your mind. And there's only so much space left, but we want to, sometimes you have to scrub out and throw out the stuff that's not worthy of taking up your time and look at those things that are of value and center on those things. Because the tinsel, we're not crows, we're eagles. Crows are attracted to tinsel and shiny things. There is nothing in Satan's Eden we want. There's only one place that my heart is set, and that's heaven. Young people, young ladies, and young men, I'm going to preach on a little bit of a subject more geared actually to those that are probably just starting out in their Christian walk or maybe helping those that have not given their life to Christ to prod them to Christ. And some of us that are a little bit older can look back and say, okay, there's some choices I've made, but I'm forgetting those that I'm not happy with. Because a lot of times, saints of God, as we'll find out maybe a little bit through the message this morning, that one bad choice can lead to another, can lead to another, and lead to another. But we need the Holy Spirit to intersect us, stop us, so that we could get our priorities right and get on to the right road. So I'd like to speak a little subject this morning, choice. But choice is nothing to be played with. Choice. You had a choice, and we, uh, we could go very elementary-wise and said, well, you had a choice to get up this morning, or you had a choice to put on. In fact, I had a hard time figuring out a tie. I know which tie Joanne likes, but I like this tie. But I had to choose my desire for this tie. I mean, I thought it was stupid. I'm holding up my whole tie rack there and I'm going, which tie should I make? I had to make a choice. Did I make the right choice? I don't know. I get told later whether I did. And so then some of us, you know, the ladies, they chose this outfit and this looks nice. And, and so there's all these choices. And that really doesn't um, affect anybody. Unless 
you're not living or dressing godly, then it would affect a lot of people. But as believers, we made a choice to walk with Christ, which is indeed the greatest choice. A man or a woman or a brother or sister could ever make. So as I lay a little bit of this down, I want you to realize, and Brother Bram said, all great people, great men and every individual has had a time where there's a time of decision. And in that decision, you had to make a choice. You've got to say yes or no. Yes or no. That may be to many in here tonight, you've got to make a decision or choice. Life is a span of decisions, a span of choices we've made. And each one of us whether they were good or bad, you'll find out that each choice you make has a, as Michael preached, I, I, I asked him this morning, he said, did you preach on ripple effect? And he says, yes, I did, Dad, but I don't know. I said, okay. I just let me just say, when you make a choice, there is a ripple effect. Whether you realize it or not, there's a ripple effect. Your lives affect my life. Your actions and your choice to do whatever you want to do affect me. And thus, so do mine. Now, if I came up here with a, a drink in my hand and a cigarette in my other hand, and that was my choice to do that, I don't think I'd have an assembly to preach to. But that would be my choice, a very bad choice, very bad choice. And we would be uh, amiss to say we have not made bad choices. I think we have to get to that place where we actually can actually be willing enough to understand. There's, how many here bought a, a lemon of a car? I got one, two, three. <laughs> Okay, uh, well, I guess my first truck was a lemon, <laughs> if you thought it was that. So that was a choice you made to buy that car. And at the end of the day, it had a ripple effect. Whether you're married, your wife will say, why did you buy that dog of a car? If you're single, you cook yourself and say, why did I actually get pressed in to take this car? And then if you are young and, and, you know, a lot of times just out of school and you got your first job, you go out and buy a brand new car. Son, don't do that. It's a big payment. Ah, I need that car. Anybody been there? I won't look at you. The payment then, I said the first month, am I talking about my sons? I don't know. I said the first month, you think that you're king of the castle in this wonderful vehicle. The second month, you go, mm, you know, this is pretty good, all right, but man, that payment. And then the third month, you go, that rotten payment. But all that ripples down because you made one 
decision. Hmm. We get pressed to take jobs. We get pressed to take, to get ahead. We get pressed by other people for us to make decisions. And you, we must understand, saints, and, and I, maybe, like I said, I'm talking to maybe younger people at this time, to learn to say, put the brakes on, Look to the Lord. Say, Lord, what is your will? That will save a lot of grief in a lot of our lives. Because your son can make a bad decision, but it doesn't just stop at your son's decision. It causes the mother to get all worked up, causes the father to get concerned, and it doesn't stop with the son. It goes to the mother, it goes to the father. Then it comes to the church. So we will make many decisions in life that affect not just ourselves, but will affect those that are all around us. So life is a sum of choices and decisions we made. You are what you are by the decisions you made one day. You were going that way. But then the resurrection of the word himself came by your way. And because you chose that decision of Christ and made that decision, it changed a lot of things. Now, I could go over the assembly very quickly. I could look at... You as young people that are now now married and have children, but you weren't always that. We've all had our times with one another and realized we're not exactly what we think we are in the gospel. And we deceive ourselves by thinking we are something other than we are. And a person can live in that sort of environment, go on in life and find out You've made the wrong choice. If you choose your own gray matter, you're going to end up a wreck on the road. Choices we make are choices that God needs to come into our lives and help guide us into his perfect will. Have we blown it? Tom, have you blown it? I'll talk to myself. Tom, have you made a bad decision? Tom, you have made a bad decision. But how many here are believers? How many are believers? Okay, we're believers. Can I just say this? Brother Bram says, does God change his mind about his word? He has a permissive will. There's where the trouble lays. We try to work on God's permissive will. And he will permit it. But also if we take his permissive will, though it's not right, he will make his permissive will to work out to the glorifying of his perfect will. So there's no condemnation. You say, oh, Brother Tom, I made a bad choice. But God will turn it out to his perfect will. 
We have to look at that, saints. Because here I am going on. I won't give you the number. We can keep guessing. Some of you know, but Mike, he's the leader of the pack here. Coming up January, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Is there a group of us, isn't there, Ken? There's no, no, okay. But as we look back and we start to understand, not everything you did was perfect. But there's no condemnation because there's blood. There's blood to cover it if you want it. And if you are in that place saying, oh God, I allowed this to come in my life. Lord, forgive me. Put me in your perfect will. He's the great shepherd. He will guide you. The devil can't stop it. He will turn it back to the perfect will of God. But in that little crossroad, there comes hurts, pains. And he's always tried to protect us from those hurts, those pains. But in your choice and in your decision, that is solely up to you. How many have ever said, they've done something and said, why did I do that? Hmm, few of us. I, you know, one day I was young, one day, and had a little sports car, sunny September, nice, we called it an, an Indian summer, and I had my convertible down, and I was, you know, felt McDonald's. The first McDonald's came in in Wally. That's how old I am. The first one, can you imagine? In the Lord Fraser Valley, first one was in Wally. And you know what I like? Just so that everybody knows, play a fish. The worst thing possible on that menu. But I always liked fish sticks or something I grew up with. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, I decided after church I was going to go for a filet of fish. You say, well, that was just a little thought. That's a, just a little choice. But in going and having my filet of fish, I decided to go down King George Highway, turn left on 64th, and I pulled over to help a fellow... Um, his lights were out in his truck. There was no street lights in those days. It was all farmland. And, and uh, I didn't have a flashlight, so I turned my car around on him. And in between the car, a drunk smashes me between two cars. And here I am, gone through, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight operations to put and keep my foot on my body. And you say, well, Tom, that was a bad decision. You shouldn't have gone to that McDonald's and had that filet of fish. Because if you didn't do that, if you would have been really good and gone to Smitty's in Langley, which was the only restaurant, terrible restaurant, and I didn't want to go there, but I went to McDonald's and look what happened. Laid in a hospital for seven months, three operations to put your foot back on together again, and, well, look at you. You've been limping since then. Bad decision. Who says it's bad? 
that changed my life. Couldn't ski anymore. Couldn't play tennis anymore. Couldn't really be with the boys and play in their sports and be with them anymore. But was it bad as I preached years ago or was it good? 19 casts put on my leg for my first three, two years. But what it allowed me is to be able to be with Brother Biscoe. Work with him in the radio broadcast. Listen to tapes for seven hours a day, all week long. Then go home and listen to more tapes. You say, was it good for the flesh? No. Bad. But to my life in Christ, it was tremendous. And so we look back and we see these different choices and and Satan would try to mess with your mind and say, that was bad. Who said so? Devil, you could never tell the truth in your life because the truth is never found in you. But I say all things work to the good to them that are in Christ. Nothing happens to you that is not for you, as I've quoted for years and years. You might go through a hard time because that hard time might make you lift up to the Lord, your eyes to the Lord. And God allows it to reset the button. Let's keep pressing, let's keep moving. The cross before me, the world behind me, no going back, no turning back. Will you go, Rebecca? That's your choice. Will you go? Remember, Brother Brown preaches a message called Time of Decisions, times two. He preaches it twice. Power of decision. For every decision, there's power that comes with it. And last, results of decision. So it would be good going into a new year because there's going to be many decisions you're going to have to make this following year. And we don't want to, by God's grace, go the permissive will. But we want to find the very perfect will of God. Many people live in the permissive will. But oh my, on that little side road, there's a lot of wrecks on the roadside. And he's trying to save you from hurts and pains, but eventually you will get back to the permissive or to the perfect will. So we find then choices have always been given from the beginning of mankind. When God created Adam and Eve, there was decisions that had to be made. And that decision was very simple. Touch not. The tree of good and evil, don't even touch it. For the day you do is the day you die. Eve went out from the protection of her headship, went out from the word himself giving direction. Just don't do it. 
Thou shalt surely die. That was a very simple commandment. For the scripture does says, I command you. So it's more than just a suggestion. This was God commanding. Don't. She did. But we say, well, look what Eve did. Well, that's right. Look what Eve did. Can I tell you exactly what Eve did? She caused problems. One word caused a problem. You shall not. And Eve went out, Brother Bram said, and allowed then the serpent a platform to speak. One word caused every death. One word, every starving child. One word, Brother Brown said, every ambulance that you hear. One word. And we're thinking that we can take a prophet's message and massage it to our own idea. You're on dangerous ground. One word caused this mass of humanity. Every war, every death, one word. But that was her choice. But if I just left it there, say, well, that's not really a great subject to be talking about. We're supposed to be happy. We're going into a happy new year. Well, the happy part is Adam was not going to allow her to stay that way. Adam wasn't going to allow her because if he didn't reach out to her, she'd die. But because she was a part of Adam and Adam loved her, Brother Bram said, Adam went and redeemed her. Typing Christ, you were the Eve, you were in sin, you were wretched, but our second Adam came and he redeemed you. And brought you to himself. That's his choice. You are God's choice. Brother Branham had a choice. Eliezer had a choice. Rahab had a choice. Rebecca had a choice. Sarah had a choice. Abram had a choice. He didn't have to leave the land of the Chaldeans. He didn't have to do that. It was his choice. He heard the voice of God, and I'll send you to a land you have not known. And he heard the voice of God, and he anchored his faith in that voice. God has given us a prophet in this day to anchor a people to thus saith the Lord, not to your idea, but to the word of God. If you can't give me scripture and give me a quote from the prophet, and don't give me your interpretation, just give me the scripture and give me the quote, then it's not even worth talking about. People say, I love the message. 
I love the message. Well, Brother Brown said it's not agreeing with the message that causes a man to be identified with the message. It's living the message. Live like a prophet lived. Live like Christ lived. If we treated one another the way some of us treat one another, God ever treated us like that, you wouldn't even be sitting here. You would be ashes somewhere in some eternity. But he's the fountain of love, of grace, of mercy. Does everybody hear me? That is who my Jesus is. He's love. He's grace. He's merciful. But we get strong-headed. My way or the highway. Where does that... You got a scripture for me here? Anybody? Want to give me a scripture? Not my will, but thy will be done. So... As we go into the new year, I want you to keep thinking, Lord, I don't want my choice. I want your choice. I want your thought on the matter. How should I address this? Would you say this, Lord? They had, I, thought, I thought of an old saying, Brother Tim, you to remember, back in the 80s. What would Jesus do? That was the old WWJD. You know, what would Jesus do? And, and they used it in a... Um, commercialized it, and they put it on shirts, they put it on keychains, they put it on bumper stickers, they merchandised the gospel. But the principle is still the same. What would Jesus do? What would this message do? What would this word unveiled do? How would you act to one another? Shaft them or love them? Nobody responded there. I just got it all right. That was a, that was a question, not an, a statement. I would never, never want to Hurt the bride of Christ. Strike out. Rebuke. Sometimes we have to do that in the word form. But in our everyday to day life. We are to love one another. Love him. Is it a harder way? Let me ask the brothers. Is this way a harder way? This way a harder way. Try to guide your children. You got a bigger problem than I ever had. The only problem I had was Game Boy. Some of you don't even know what that is. It's a screen this big. Do you think Daddy wanted to tell his boys you could only have that for an hour? And for every hour you give that, I want you to give God an hour. Do you think it gives a daddy great pleasure to to put guidelines? But that was my choice. I wanted to raise them up in a godly atmosphere, in a godly home. You train up a child in the way it shall go, it will not depart. So I don't care If you've got children that are wayward today and you raised them the best that you could under a godly headship of the word of God, the prophet has claimed them by the word. They are yours. 
Why let the devil play with your mind? When God has given us a token, it's not a word, it's not a phrase, and it's not a magic wand. It's a life. Brother Branham, as Eliezer, had to go out to find Abraham or our Lord Jesus. Type, shadow, send a servant to go get his son, a bride. I don't believe it was easy. We've got the Eliezer call song and we've got all these certain things, but let me say something to you. I can see as Brother Branham illustrates it through different quotes throughout the message. Eliezer sweated it out. He had to make sure that she had to come through the bloodline. No daughter of Canaan was going to marry my son. It had to be the bloodline. And Brother Branham makes reference to that, of course, to you and I. The bloodline. Go get my redeemable. It's a harder way. Saints that have moved here, I'm humbled to think that you've traveled some thousands of miles to sit under a ministry, Brother Biscal, now myself, and these brothers that are here. It is indeed a harder way. But it's the correct way. Don't look at the Hardship, look at the result. Because thou hast chosen the harder way, you chose it. It was by your choosing. Of course, we know, Brother Ram said, Moses had a choice. And this is the price precise and correct way because it's my way. And this was then, as we know, this friend, this brother took Brother Branham in his arms, spoke in tongues. There was a prophecy that came forth, interpretation of tongues. It was given by a man that did not know French and two French I, uh, from the United Nations, a woman from the United Nations, and another man was standing there. It's perfect French. And as Brother David Meniere said, remember that the Lord spoke in French. But Brother Bram rehearses this a number of times after the event in 1961. And through the utterance and through then the interpretation And it's because then, Brother Branham, you have chosen the harder way. You chose it. Free will. 
It's by your own choosing. Of course, we know Moses had to have a choice. Brother Bram's saying that. And then he goes back then to the, the interpretation. Said this is the precise and correct way. It's my way. What a glorious decision you made. Choice. What a glorious decision you made. Because of this, a large portion of heaven awaits you. And this in itself is that which will make and bring to pass the tremendous victory in the love divine. And I believe Brother Tim Pruitt, when he was here on the 50th anniversary, said it's not real estate, saints. A large portion of heaven is not real estate. I thought that was a great, great line. He said it's not Brother Branham getting a million acres. A large portion of heaven, and, and it was so wonderful how Brother Tim Pruitt said, he said, heaven contains the word. So a large portion of the word awaits you. Because this was 1961. In 1963, there was going to be the opening of the seals. And because you chose the harder way, a portion of heaven awaits you. It will take the word itself to fight the enemy. It will not be your ability, but because you chose the harder way, you will defeat the devil. Because as the word opens up to you, Sister Sue, we'll take that cancer. We'll say, devil, you can't have her. Victories? We have many victories by the grace of God. And by the grace of God, we'll have much more. Because you have chosen a harder way, the correct way, that was a glorious decision. I love again, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat, because when something speaks to me, I, I remember it. He said, Luther had a portion, Wesley had a portion, Pentecost had a portion of the restoration of the gifts. But the bride, she gets all heaven. It's your domain. It's your place in our Father's throne. So down through the ages, they had a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, a little bit there. But the bride, because you have chosen the harder way, a great portion of the unveiling of God's word not only awaits you, is here for you. He that receiveth the prophet, everybody know the scripture? Matthew 10, 41. He that receiveth the prophet in the name of a prophet, what do you get? A prophet's reward. What's a prophet's reward? A great portion of heaven. What's your reward? The word himself. Heaven. People have looked at Revelation 10.1. People shut down on Revelation 10.1. <laughs> oh, man, he's going to preach on Revelation 10.1. The mighty angel came down. And people, ooh, they go off into their own thoughts. 
it's one of the greatest scriptures that have been laying there. And nobody could look at that scripture and know what that was until Malachi 4 came on the scene. And then we started to realize it wasn't just not just Malachi 4, but he was Revelation 10, 7. But then all of a sudden, Revelation comes out. Remember the ripple effect? You receive Christ. How many receive Christ? Sure, we receive Christ. But as you receive Christ as your Savior, you had no idea that this was going to move you along in, the, in God's great revelation. Come on. You gave your life to Christ. You came into a little Bible warehouse. You came to a log church or you came to this church. You had no idea what was waiting for you. You gave your life to Christ. Glory to God. I want more of Jesus. More and more and more. Good choice. And he kept pressing. And he kept revealing. And he kept on unveiling himself. And he moved you away. Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30, Revelation 10, 7. And for years went on that way. And then a little man of God, your pastor, came behind a pulpit in Arizona when I was there in Tucson. And he preached Revelation 10, 1. A mighty angel had descended. And it's another angel. And we take it for granted because it's been preached on so often, but there was a time that it had to be revealed. Keep pressing on. What you have now, there's more. And keep pressing on. Keep digging in. Keep moving into the promises of God. A large portion of heaven awaits you. Let's eat the book. Take it. It's your choice. Take it. It's your choice to say, give it to me. Your choice. Leave it on the shelf. Leave the message there. Leave what the prophet says. It's your choice to say, give me that message. Give me this redemption power of almighty God. Your choice. You chose the harder way. Look at you sisters. Godly. Look at the world. Pathetic. And I say that not judgment-wise, just in a reality form. So I thought I'd, I'd just take a look at what's out there. <laughs> I was going to walk in this, I, uh, this. This is supposed to be the most advanced revelation that they've got right now. If I walked in here the way they walked in here, you'd be looking at me and go, what happened to Tom? Then they pan the audience. Every bobbed, haired, makeup, it's still there. It's only worse. But you know what? It's, it's almost like we get boiled in water. You've lived amongst it so long, it's just acceptable. It's not acceptable. God doesn't accept it. He said, not a bobbed, haired woman going to be in heaven. That's true. Yeah, I'm sorry, friends. I'll say what he said. I can give you quotes where Brother Ram said it. People say, oh, you know, they're good people. They might be. They might be foolish virgin. But that's not our portion. A great portion of heaven awaits you. Because he that receiveth the prophet in the name of the prophet gets a prophet's reward. And I claim that in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want that Bible to become a living Bible to me. I don't want it to be a dead letter when you open it up and, you know, this is my fifth or sixth Bible. I mean... I, I, I don't understand Cambridge Bibles. They're pathetic. Every time I got tape, more tape, retape. I got a brand new one. It's going to be on my sixth or seventh Bible. 
We don't buy Bibles to look at. I want you to get, I like to hear an amen there. You know, Cambridge used to have a little thing in the, in the opening when you bought their Bible, a certificate. If any flaw happens to this Bible, we will give you a new one. After my fifth, they took that out of their Bibles. We're not a bunch of churchgoers once a month. We live the word. We love the word. We read the word. We wait on the word. This is heaven. Your choice. Your choice to pick up your Bible. Your choice to put on a a message. It's your choice to read a message. It's your choice. It's a harder way. Yes, indeed it is. The more your children see the gaming, the thrill, and the adrenaline rush that they get with their gaming, sit down with the Bible, where is their adrenaline rush? You only get that when you get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. It becomes a stimulation of revelation. And it beats any Game Boy. It beats any gaming. But Bram said in the message, thirst, there's only one thing that can satisfy us. That's the person, Jesus Christ. And people say, well, what does that mean? Well, get to know him, and you'll know exactly what that means. That means he's a person. As my wife is a person. As Brother Bram said, I wouldn't hurt my wife for nothing. And yet we can do and, and do and, and not even feel the twinge of grieving the Holy Ghost. Some do, most do, I would say. And God bless you for it. How many have spake, spoken a sharp word out of, out of, word, out of order? How many? Da, da, da. Man, I'm preaching at myself this morning. Huh? A sharp word in the Holy Spirit. One word. One word. A little sharply because you're a little a bit irritated. One word. And the Holy Spirit says, that wasn't right. You shouldn't have done that. One word. Not a decalogue of hours. Not sentences and... One word. And God would speak and say, you didn't do that right. Make it right. But there's only one thing that satisfies us. That's called the person. The Lord Jesus Christ. And as the heart panted for the water brook, so my soul thirsteth after thee. My soul thirsteth after the living God. There is something in you that wants to see the moving of God. Your soul thirsts for it. Don't stop short of it. Let's keep pressing on. We've gone and had a victorious, wonderful, glorious year. Whether it be the prayer meetings, whether it be the brothers preaching, the word has it's come over the pulpit, and we rejoice. But there's more. There's more. There's something in our hearts speaks that there's a land beyond the river. I can't put my finger on that land, but neither can any man. But there's something in us that tells us the grave is not our goal. 
the grave's not my goal. Dust thou art, and dust returnest was not spoken of the soul. There's something in us. It's a fire burning. Glory. I just want to get the billows out here. Got a little bit of a spark in there. Let the breath of the Holy Spirit come over you. And let the flame of God ignite your soul. We're not going back. We're not going back the way we were. We're forgetting the past. We're going forward. We're taking God at his promise. My soul has been lit not by man, but by God. He said, our soul's been lit lit by God, and no breeze can blow it out. No doctrine of man, no upset of a cold, formal church is going to upset this one that's burning with the fire of God. There's no cold spell in the church. There's no indifference among the people. No persecution of the world can blow out the flame that God has lit. Light the fire, Father. (laughs) Light my fire. People get going to church, a little clap of the hand, a little hallelujah and praise the Lord and run through a few quotes and scriptures and think that's God. Well, everything that's quoted in every scripture that's spoken is God. But there's got to be a fire behind it, a life according to the gospel. Say, oh, Brother Tom, you're... Just preaching down to our address this morning. That's right. Because there's much land to possess. And we want to drive out every Hittite, Canaanite, and every bit of ice that there's ever been. Any Baptite, Methodite, anything. Hittite, Hutterite. Kill it all. Kill it all. And you wonder why they had to kill it all. Because if you don't kill it all in your life, what you leave back will be a prick to your eyes. That's what the scripture said. Kill it all. Get it all out. Let's go into the new year. A free people. A liberated people. A triumphant people. Let's make right choices. Lord, what is your will? What's your will? Father, if I've let you down, I don't want to let you down. My word, as his word, is my bond. For it's the God's purpose that his torch lights of freedom will burn until the coming of the Lord. Did you understand that? Your God's torch light of freedom to this dying world. How many believe that you are a thought of God manifested? <laughs> That's a big statement. We just take it casually. I am a thought of God manifested. Is everybody good with this one? Everybody's good with me on this. Are you a thought of God manifested? That's what the prophet said. You are God's thought manifested. So we spoke on the I am last Sunday. Is that true? And we found out that he's self-sufficient. Only one self-sufficient person 
is God himself. He's the I am. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. And he's omnipotent. So in that omnipotence of God and that omniscience of God are thoughts. And God's thoughts are eternal, Brother Bram said. And God had in his thought a bride. And we say, that's me. Well, then if that's you, saints of God, and you've made that choice, and it's the harder way, and a large portion of heaven awaits you, then the part of that prophecy is that she will be triumphant and victorious. Not just nodding our heads and saying, mm, yeah, I agree with that. It's actually then taking the word of God and living that. It's your choice. It's all your choice. If you're married to Christ, Christ is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that same was made flesh and dwelt among us. <coughs> Excuse me. Christ was the living word. He always was the word. He still is the word. He always will be the word. He was only the manifestation of the attribute of God, for he was the son of God. And any son is an attribute of his father, just as you were in the genes of your father, in the body of your father, when he was a young boy, you were in your father. Yet he could not have fellowship with you because he didn't know you. But then through the bedding ground of your mother, you were brought forth into the earth and became an image of your father. Then he could fellowship with you. Everybody good with that? And so were you the sons and daughters of God before there was even a moon, star, or molecule? You were sons and daughters of God, for you are only now the physical manifestation of the attributes of God from the beginning. At the beginning. There's only one form of eternal life, and that was you. Before, you didn't know nothing about it. Neither did you know when you were in your earthly father, but you were manifested in his image. In the image of God, you are made, and you are manifested for the glory and fellowship of God. Not finished. And therefore, as sure as your gene had to be in your earthly father before your natural birth, your spiritual gene had to be in God because you're an expression of the attributes of his thought. He's always present. So when God said to Moses, tell the people I am, you were in God then. Hallelujah. When that angel came to Joshua at the wall of Jericho, you were in the angel then because it was the angel of the Lord. People mistaken that angel of the Lord that came to Gideon, but it was God, the angel of the Lord, met Gideon. Where were you? In him. You've always been in him. You're a part of him. You're the attribute thought of him. So let me ask you a question. If you plant a seed in the ground, what's it going to bring forth? Whatever that seed is. So far? You okay with that? So if I put a peach seed in the ground, I'm going to get a peach tree. This is elementary, right? Everybody understand that? Everybody get that? So if I put a banana tree 
I get a banana seed, I get a banana tree, right? So far, so good. Apple tree, apple seed, apple tree, right? So every seed will bring forth of its kind. So then if in nature, a natural seed brings forth of its kind, and you are the seed of God, what are you bringing forth? It's not that hard to conceive because God is revealed and hidden and revealed in simplicity. If I've got the seed of God in me, it has to bring forth Christ. Hallelujah. Because I made a choice, there was a ripple effect. I received Christ. And the word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Has it done? Has it happened? Is his word true? I got a wife. I got children. I don't worry about my next loaf of bread because he's a provider. I don't care or think about what I wear, and yet I do make a choice. I sort of like this jacket. I bought it in Texas. I thought it was a nice jacket, but that was my choice. But it wasn't a need. It was just my choice. It doesn't make me a sinner. I just had my choice. But that's on a natural basis. You wear what you want. You do what you want as far as natural life is concerned. But when it comes to spiritual things, there's a spiritual element that you want to... I, I, don't, I don't know. I'll, maybe we'll find out. Maybe the brothers will tell me or something. I don't know whether the Lord knew whether I, or want, cared whether I bought this. I think he's, he's, he's worried about other things. <laughs> he's not worried. God's not worried. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. But, you know, there's just certain things in life that he gives you free will to do. Now, if I came here like this, I, I looked at this guy the other day and I go, wow, I can't go there. I said, honey, is this the new style now? You got to wear them tight up above your... She said, uh-huh. I go, No. No, I can't do it. I said, he looks like he's living, he's, he's got his little brother's jacket on. Huh? It doesn't fit. We used to go to a, a tailor and he used to put it up there and hang it down there and do that there. And now he makes them look ridiculous. Oh, I won't go there because that was your choice. You say, oh, but Tom, that, you're old fashioned. Well, we'll leave it there, okay? You can wear whatever you want as long as it's according to the word. If you never were in God's thoughts, you'll never be with God. That's what the prophet said. If you never was in God's thoughts, you'll never be with God. We've been birthed by the incorruptible word of God. He's awakened our lives in Christ. He's given us eyes of understanding to see and behold I'll send you Elijah the prophet. He's given us a revelation of Revelation 10.7. God has moved us, but we made that one right choice, that we were birthed by the incorruptible seed of God, not birthed by Bible way. That's very important. We don't get birthed by coming to church. We get birthed by knowing Jesus. 
And Jesus is the Word. And you got to walk in the light as He is in the light. Amen. So we understand then, by God's grace, that we've got a choice to make. A choice to live in victory or a choice to live in defeat. It's your choice. Are we going to go through troubled times? We are in troubled times, if you haven't noticed. Families say, well, when it really gets squeezed, when it gets squeezed, the bride will come to her position. <laughs> I think we're there. I don't know if you've ever felt squeezed before, but man, I'm tired of the squeeze, actually. <laughs> I want to go home. We're getting squeezed on every side. Financial squeeze. The minds of the people have gone insane. Wars everywhere. Russia shipping nuclear uh, strike bombs for Belarus. And Korea wants to join together with somebody else to drop bombs on the U.S. Hey, remember, there's a prophecy. America is in ashes. So you, I don't sit here worried whether America is going to be bombed. It's going to be bombed. California is not there as far as God's word is concerned. He's already spoken. It's already gone. So you have a choice to live in victory in turmoil and trouble and time of squeeze because it's Christ that is your Safety, your peace. Saints, outside of this message, you ain't got nothing. You want to venture and do things that are contrary to what a prophet says? That's your choice. Have a nice life. You want to live outside of your safety and live in a realm that a prophet never even preached. You're living either a dual life or a life not worthy of the gospel. It's your choice. I choose Christ. I choose life. You say, Brother Tom, don't scare us with telling us this world is going to go on, on fire. Saints of God, it will melt with fervent heat. There will be a tribulation, but there also will be a rapture before tribulation. That's your choice. Your choice. Love this word. It gives you rapturing grace and rapturing faith. Or just go on with life. You are accountable more than anybody else. And what you've heard by these precious brothers. Brother Ken always used to say to me, every time he witnessed to me, he says, you're more accountable now than you've ever been. <laughs> I go, wow, that drove me to the cross. <laughs> I'm more accountable because the word is now causing me to be awakened. And you've sat in service after service. Say, we should be rejoicing this morning because we know who we are.
Only the children whose hearts have been turned by Malachi 4 are going in a rapture. Wow. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. Did he do it? Yes, he did. Did he send Elijah? Did he send a message? Yes, he did. Did he unveil his word? Yes, he did. Just to do that or to actually get a bride? It was an Eliezer message to give you the power to come into the very present of Isaac. Very simple, very basic, but very real. If I could do anything this morning, if the Lord would just help me, is to help you press the kingdom. Troubled times, it's going to get better or worse. What did Brother Ram say, and knoweth it not? It will get what? And? And? Oh. Was that just filler? Or was that fact? So as what we have seen... Now, some of us have been here since the 70s. Has, has society gotten better or worse? Worse. But my mom always used to say, son, it's going to get better. I said, what world are you living in? But we see it in the reality of it. And saints of God, as, as young people, you will be getting married You better base your relationship on the word. Choose Christ. Remember, Brother Ram said, if you got any question, what did he say? Don't do it. Does anybody read that quote? If you got a question on anything, don't do it. God is indeed a very present help in time of trouble. Look at where society has gone today. How many have realized over the last little while, I get a little news on the weather. That's about the only thing you can actually look at. The weather apart. Waves of 40 feet in Hawaii, roaring on the East Coast, roaring on the West Coast. These are signs. The sea roaring, troubled times. Don't let it pass you by. Press to the prize. It's your choice. Nobody can tell you what to do. God has given you free will to sit back and say, Lord, what's your will? I don't want mine. Remember, he had a choice. He had a choice. He had a choice. And he chose you. He chose me. God. God of splendor and glory. would come down and live in flesh to redeem fallen man. And yet even in, the, in, in Gethsemane, 
in Gethsemane. The weight of the world and the sins of the world weighed on that precious body. Brother Bram said in one place, he said, all the devils are just roaring at him. You don't have to go to the cross. You know what awaits you. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, my choice is your will, not my will be done. He chose you. (laughs) Won't you this morning choose him? The one who hung on a cross for you. It's more than a story. And that's one of the greatest revelations that you'll ever have. We can take words and dissect words and give you diagrams and give you slides and give you this. I want to give you Christ. Every tree you can drink from any fountain you want, but give me the fountain of life. You can eat from any tree, but don't eat off the tree of good and evil. Eat off the tree of life. They bit off the tree, Brother Bram said, and they got a rifle. They bit off the tree, and they got this. They bit off the tree, and they got cars. They bit off the tree of good and evil. You say, automobile. You say, an automobile's good. Look up the statistics. More killed in automobile accidents than all the wars put together. That's a little bit head frying since the automobile was really discovered in the 1800s. Yeah, it's good. I, I love my car. I love riding in it. It's cool. I, it's hot out. Hey, it was hot yesterday. It was just tremendously hot. I, I walked out. We were with the grandchildren and stepped outside from the ice rink there, and they were just skating a little around, so we wanted to see our grandchildren skate. And I walked out. Joanne and I walked out. It was like we, we arrived in Hawaii. I said, yes, West Coast, best place. But it's everywhere. The earth is in birth pains. No snow in Alberta, no snow in Saskatchewan, no snow into Quebec. What's going on? The world's in birth pains. Choose Christ this coming year. If the choice is yours. Say, well, Brother Tom, that wasn't very dynamic. No, it was down to earth. Choose to be like him. Choose not to be sarcastic caustic, mean, nasty. Choose Christ. Give love. Give the word. Are you getting soft in your old age, Brother Tom? No. Because I know love is corrective. Love is corrective. There'll be times when that has to happen. But those are becoming more rare, rare. I remember our children, my mom and dad, they thought that we were, boy, we lived a strict life. They said, you're, you're so hard on my children. Well, my other brother's children are swinging from the chandelier. I said, well, at least they're not like that. And they sit down on Chesterfield and they engage in a conversation and they're little men. But it was our choice. Oh, the new philosophy is you don't spank your children. Well, let me tell you about the philosophy of the Bible. Spare the rod, you spoil the child. Oh, they're just expressing themselves. Oh, yeah, they're expressing themselves. I'll express myself. Thank you, Billy. Says the man that's not married and no children. (laughs) 
Okay. I had all the advice for Ken and Linda as they had Leah. If that was my girl, I'd... Ken looks at me and says, she's not. <laughs> we remember those things. And I had a choice to button my lip after that. And we start to realize, saints of God, we can hurt people by just a word. And if I have done that to you, please forgive me. I've never said it in malice or hatred. If I've said it straight and said it according to the Bible and the word of God, I'll stand with that. I've chosen Christ a long time ago and I'm not about to let it go now. I'm not about to let the standard go down but raise it up higher especially as we see the wicked age go on today as never before. You are nothing but the foreknowledge of God being manifested in this hour. And God's foreknowledge saw you perfect, victorious, triumphant, rapture. God sees me that way. I choose that way. If it's got to be the harder way, I want the harder way. Because I received a prophet in the name of a prophet, and I will take his reward. Not from him, but with him. So, when it comes down to it, here comes your last scripture. No man can come to me except the Father draw him, and I will raise him up in the last age. You can choose to let the Holy Spirit draw you, or you can resist it. I choose for the year that lays ahead of us to be moldable, pliable, workable in the hands of God. If he has to put me on his potter's wheel, I'm willing to let his hands do its work to bring forth a part of his workmanship. Is there an expected end? As I'll quote from last week, Jeremiah says, For I know my thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want to choose life? There's a lot of things we choose in life. But one thing you can't afford not to choose is this unveiled Christ. Apply it to your life. Apply it to your home. Apply it to your friends and family. And let it manifest. It's more than a nice smile. I love your smiles. It's more than a nice nod. It's more than a great amen. It's more than a hallelujah. It's living for him. Musicians, why don't you come? All great men and women had to make a choice. And you might say, after this message, well, what did Brother Tom really, what was his point? 
Well, if we look throughout the scripture, we could keep here for hours because every one of God's prophets and men of God throughout the scripture and women, every one of them had to come to a final decision. Do we embrace him? Or shall we be like Peter at that day when the 70 disciples left and the crowds and multitudes left and we've seen many leave? But can we come to the place of choice where Peter says, and Jesus said, will thou go also? Peter had to make a choice. He saw friends. Those friends, those are friends. They had followed the Lord through thick and thin. But when it came down to the word himself, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And 70 disciples left him in John 6, 65. And then Jesus just turned to Peter and said, will you go too? Will you go? He said, Lord, where could we go? Thou alone has the words of eternal life. Your choice. May God grant to you a desire to have Christ more in your life than you've ever had before. You say, Brother Tom, what's the secret of getting more of Christ? It's not by your works. It's not by anything you can do. All you can do is lay in the presence of the king. Find a relationship in Christ on your knees. You'll find that many choices that you would have made get rearranged when you have a time of sweet release in the presence of the king. It takes time to be holy. YouTube won't make you holy. Netflix will do nothing but pervert your soul. The only thing that you and I need is this word to become flesh in our lives. Simple message, simple thought, hard to put into practice. But I just want to do and let you know I'm going to choose Christ. I want to live by what I say. I got a lot of quotes. A lot of people got a lot of quotes. But are they living what they say? Brother Ram said, you're only as good as your word. And I know that we can look back and, and we can say, well, I said this and I didn't do that. I promised to do this. I didn't do that. Well, let's forget about the past. Let's go on. Boy, you got quiet here. Let's just go on and say, oh, forget that. I'm going to do what the word says for me to do. And I've seen some wonderful, wonderful victories this year because people were willing to put down their gloves Get humbled before God. And all I've seen is victory after victory. I 
Look at that little dog that Brother Bram talked about, and I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I could care less what, how big your stature or how small your stature is. Can I ask you how much fight you got there? How much fight, EBA? Yeah, you're my brother. I don't relish the thought. I'm believing with you. It's my choice to believe that by his stripes, already completed at Calvary, that God would inspire your faith to believe the promise of God. That we wouldn't sit back and just say, well, whatever it will be, will be. No, sir. We'll stand with you. We'll rebuke the enemy. We'll take the charge. We'll hold the banner high. We won't let it down because of circumstance. I could care less about what people think. I want what God thinks on this subject. They came up to Brother Branham and said, Brother Branham, can you heal us? He said, you're already healed 2,000 years ago. But may your faith rise to a place, Brother EBA, Sister Jane, that you will deny Satan. Maybe some of you young people that are sort of on the fence, in and out, may you make a choice this year. Serve Christ. Deny the devil. If I couldn't live it, I wouldn't preach it. Have I made choices? Wrong, yes. But I know because I am a seed, it turned out to the perfect will of God. I don't want you to live in condemnation this morning. I want you to take God at his word. As I read that first quote at the beginning, he will turn that permissive will to the perfect will. So just rest, little bride. All's well. May you have a great shalom this coming year. May the peace of God be your portion in, in what lays ahead. And may you walk in the very fragrance of the rose of Sharon. May he bless you, bless your home, your families, your children. There's a rapture to make and there's a tribulation to shun. Press, little bride, press. Amen. Don't you want to go to heaven? <laughs> don't you? Why don't we stand then? We got a wonderful evening tonight. For those that can make it, I trust you all can, that we can rejoice. I hope I wasn't too laborious for you. But it was a kind of a, a message. I talked about cars. Well, I'll talk about marriages. Watch out who you marry. Better find the will of God in it. Once you've got the will of God in it, then rejoice in it. I have been going on 47 years. How many? I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't you want to go to heaven? Monkey.
start this right. Somewhere we're going wrong. And I like to start it right. Where do we start at? Let's start it there. Don't you want to I want to go that's where I want to press to can't you see the lights of home can't you see it breaking over the horizon keep lifting up your head for your redemption indeed is drawing nigh let's have a more consecrated and dedicated life in Christ don't wear your feelings on your sleeve let's do and live like the Lord Jesus Christ lived. Let's bow our heads. Father, an end of another year, going into another new year. Father, there will be many choices that we will have to make this year, but we just don't want to make them, Lord, just off the cuff, as they say, or just because of our want. May we be able to step back and say, Lord, I want to choose what you would have me to choose. It'll make the road, Lord, a little easier to walk. So, Father, this precious little body that's here at Cloverdale, I pray for our young people as they're growing up, beautiful young men, lovely young ladies. But, Lord, there will be many choices they're going to have to make. May, from this little service this morning, realize choices mean a lot. Because, Lord, as life goes on, they'll soon see our lives are a sum of all the choices we have made. So I pray, Father God, that you'll give them grace and that you will lead them every step of the way. Bless our 
families, Lord, our young people, the stalwart men and women, Lord, that have stood through these many years and now pillars in the church. I pray God will be able to stand back and say, Lord, we've done all we could. We've laid it at your feet. And Father, guide us this following year now. Bless your people. May we be a blessed time of rejoicing tonight. So we'll see the various ones saying different testimonies spoken. And Father, may you receive all the glory, all the honor. Do your name. Would you go with us now as we ponder even this little thought this morning? Make it real to us, Lord. Go with us, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, now, brother... John, God bless you. It's nice to see you up there and see all you faithful people that have come to sojourn with us along this road. Give you an opportunity to turn around and shake one another's hand and say the greatest thing you could ever say. God bless you. Make the right choice. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.